happy Tuesday to all you guys out there listening to us here at the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, it's always good to be back. My name is Brent Smith. I am joined by Daniel Yelverton and Michael Miller, as usual, today. Um, we are going to get into it pretty quick today. Um, we are on Galatians 6, and today is September 25th. So, um, how are you guys doing? I'm good. Great. Yeah, I'm doing really good. That's it? Wow, you guys are boring. No, I know. <laughs> No I mean, juice, you know, no beef. I, what do you expect from a guy that studies theology? I mean, I'm not like super exciting, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, we've been doing. Uh, we've got a couple guys that are doing Fight Club right now, and so it's been fun. I'm a little sore, uh, <laughs> pushing myself, and I haven't had sugar in two weeks. Wow! And I might like bite somebody's arm off, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no. Yeah. So I think if, if I come arm, across so. a little aggressive, it's just you know I haven't and had my stickers yet. Fun, you know. <laughs> I don't know about this whole fun thing, Daniel. I don't think the not having sugar thing has been fun for me. Daniel, you're not yourself. I know. I need my Snickers. Exactly. I should be on one of those commercials where I'm like, you know, going on a tirade and attacking people and then, you know, a rabid animal and then they give me a Snickers and I'm fine. So Joe Pesci walking around. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to explain real quick what Fight Club is? Just yeah, sure. People that are we can't talk to us right about now Fight going Club. Like, no, this is, we can actually true. talk about this Fight Club. So <laughs> it's not, yeah, it doesn't follow the original rules of Fight Club. But uh, Fight Club is basically a group of guys. We get together, uh, we commit to 10 weeks to challenge each other uh, in four different areas, um, mentally spiritually, relationally, and um, physically. I was like, I was like, I'm missing one. I know. the fourth way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that that other one. Uh, And so we have about nine challenges each week that we commit to uh, push each other in. And it's been great. I mean, uh, we've... We've had a couple guys that have already gone through this before, and so we're now we're going through it as a whole. We've got about 35 guys in it right now, uh, and the goal is is that we would uh, introduce discipline into our lives, to introduce, uh, we'd push ourselves, and, and the challenge, I think, has been nice because uh, I think yeah. if if I'm just honest with myself, if, I'm, if I don't have anybody challenging or pushing me, I will not, you know, I, I won't like stretch myself. I won't go to those extensive links to, you know, any of those areas. And so it's been, it's been good for me even to go back through it again and to kind of revisit a lot of these things. And so I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen in the next 10 weeks. Um, see what's going to happen in the life of the guys here at Elevation too. Yes, I agree. Um, if anybody is listening and wants to get involved, what do they do? Uh, it's going to be hard to jump in right now because we're in week three. Uh, so, uh, I would say that we, our plan is, is that we're going to do this twice a year. Um, and this is just the first chapter. There's 10 total chapters. So this is a, 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 a much longer kind of process of challenging us. Uh, and so I would say if they, um, if they want to kind of go along with us, they can, we're not going to turn people away, but, as far as like uh, completing this and then going to the next chapter, they probably wouldn't be able to do that. So they probably have to go back through chapter one again, which is fine. It's I'm doing chapter one for the second time, and it's been great because uh, I've been able to kind of revisit and also learn more that I that I didn't learn you know the time before. All right, yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, well, I'm loving it with with some things and some other things I'm not. You know, <laughs> but I, I I am liking the fact that I wake up in the morning. Um, with with goals in mind, mm-hmm. like for the biggest thing is the journaling. I don't really journal very often. I mm-hmm. write a ton for school, but yeah. I'm not really. You, you write about things that you study, but here I was more writing about what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um and, and starting I start my day off with it. I journal morning and night, and uh, that's that's been really helpful to kind of reflect on my strengths and weaknesses. Huh. So mm-hmm. awesome, yeah, it's been good. 
All the right. sugar part hasn't been good, <laughs> but the rest of it's been good. It's probably been really good, just really hard, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know now we're this week. Now we're in no bread, so uh, that's the additional challenge that we have right now ah. is no bread. Yes. That's my life. I should jump in on that one. I know, like gluten free, you're fine, man. <laughs> yeah. You're good. All right, so let's go ahead and get into um, today's reading. Um, We have the Dwell app ready to go here with Galatians 6, so here we go. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. All right, and that's today's reading of Galatians 6 from the Dwell app. Um, Michael, I wanted to ask you, you and I talked yeah. a little bit before today, and I meant to get into this before we um, did the reading. Sure. Um, you were talking about, and Daniel, you can probably help out with this. Um, can you guys go over a little bit of what has happened in Galatians up to this point? Because I know that you said this is kind of him bringing everything together at the end of this letter. Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> chapter 6, of course, is the last chapter. So uh, he's kind of capping off what he's been talking about. and kind of what's going on in history right now is uh, Paul's kind of calling out James and Peter and some of the other guys. Um, and this is this is somewhat early on. 
I, I, there are arguments about it, but most of us think that Galatians was probably his first letter that, that we have that, that he wrote. So this is kind of early on in his ministry. Um, so in Acts 15, we'll find out, that he writes this before Acts 15. In Acts 15, that there's like the first council in Jerusalem, and they get together and they hash out some of these issues of, do you, do you have to be Jewish before um, you convert to Christianity? And before they had this council, the, the answer was, well, yeah, you got to be Jewish first. Mm-hmm. And so people were preaching, you know, in Galatia, um, they, were, they were preaching that you had to become Jewish. And in Paul's, <laughs> once again, he's not happy. He's a little upset. Like, <laughs> listen, guys, no. <laughs> I think I was reading this to, to Brent. Uh, earlier in chapter, let me let me go back to chapter one real quick, so you can see kind of how this thing is set up. Um, uh, he says, um, "But even if we or an angel from heaven, <laughs> now hear that, mm-hmm. even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed." As we have said before, now I say again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. So, you know, P, you know, Paul is really serious here about getting the gospel right and saying, look, you don't have to convert to Judaism mm-hmm. before you become Christian. And in, in the, <laughs> the chapter before, Paul gets so serious about it that he gets maybe a little sarcastic, a little humorous, but yet with, with a bit of twinge of, of anger where he says, look, this whole circumcision issue if you all, if you all think that you got to be circumcised, I hope that you all mutilate yourselves. Is what we have in the scripture. You can go ahead and use your imagination in what Paul was saying. So this is kind of what's going on. This is the this is the backdrop, and this is this is what's leading up to uh, Galatians chapter six. Is what do you think, Daniel? Is that kind of about where we're at? Yeah, and I think that the the if, when you look at the history of the early church, you have a lot of different periods of where they're 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 challenged in a lot of different ways. And I think the hard thing that um, that people had to do when they converted to Christianity, when they converted to the followers of the way, that's what they called it. They didn't even call it Christianity back then. And is that they ended up kind of blending religions. See, that was very common. It was very common to blend religions. Yes. There was a, it was a polytheistic culture in that there was, uh, except for Judaism, Judaism was monotheism, uh, but most other religions were polytheistic. And so there was a lot of blending when it came to religions and different things like that. And so there was always going to be these issues and challenges when it came to um, to bringing something new. Jesus was bringing something new right. to the table when it came to following Jesus, when it came to what it looks like to be holy, what it looks like to be righteous, what it looks like to be one that is following Christ. And and the hard thing is that you had to re- people had to rewire the way they viewed their own righteousness, and that was the big problem. The big problem was that the Jews had to rewire, yes. the early Jewish converts had to rewire the way they thought that their salvation was by grace and grace alone. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. This is not of works. And you see this constantly in Paul's letters. That's in Ephesians chapter 2. And so he's always battling this this feeling that you have to do something or you have to be a part of something. You have to join a club or you have to have right. these different aspects of faith to or show that so that you can actually become a a follower of Jesus. And so these Judaizers, as Paul would call them, were uh, they were the circumcision group. They were going and they were basically saying that Jesus was a Jewish man. And so you needed to follow what Jesus, Jesus modeled that. And so you needed to become Jewish because Jesus was Jewish. And 
and Paul was very opposed to this because what he was doing, he saw that they were basically putting old rules, old regulations right. on on these people and old burdens. And they and then and he constantly compares. He says, "You don't even follow these things, and how are you expecting other people to follow these things?" And I think one of the areas in Galatians where Paul really sums up his stance on this is in Galatians chapter 5, so yesterday's reading, where he says the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. And so, like, so it's, he says it in verse 6, he says, uh, you know, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Yep. And And so I think that We'll go ahead and jump to application because that's what we do. We bounce all over the place in our conversational style. But it's easy for us to do the same thing that the Galatians in these early church was doing is integrating other aspects of faith and culture into uh, following Jesus. You know, so we say you have to dress a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You can't have tattoos. You can't do this. You can't. And so we'll start to add things to the gospel of Jesus. Mm And Paul, just as much as he adamantly opposed the Judaizers in Galatia, he would probably be doing the exact same thing here of adamantly opposing when we integrate anything else that look that is different from the gospel. Yeah. And so I wanted to then put the question now on you guys and say, where do you think our culture puts extra things onto the gospel? Where, where do you guys see that in our own culture where you see other things that are added to the gospel of Jesus? Well, I think that it's, um, I hate to, I hate to say this because it sounds mean, like I'm judging other denominations, but we see a lot of additional rules added. Mm-hmm. I, I, I came up from a background where, um, I wasn't allowed to wear for for a few years anyway. I wasn't allowed to wear shorts because the thought of it might be immodest, um, you know. And women could not wear pants, you know. Like, there's not that's not a rule, <laughs> you know. I mean that that that's a cultural thing that we've decided mm-hmm. in our denominations. Um, it was a King James version only um, household yeah. that I grew up in. That's what. Where are we getting that from? So we, we add a bunch of things like that into into our culture. And yeah. and and I mean back with like what you were saying too, um, I think Paul had to really wrestle with this because there are some rules that make sense. I mean, we he's not saying, Hey guys, uh Jesus loves you all, just like do whatever you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and like I said, like you were mentioning in Galatians five, he does say in uh verse eighteen ish. I guess it is verse 18, not ish. <laughs> he says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Oh, snap. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? But he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things of like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there are still some things that we shouldn't do. And he still gives us a guide of things that we should do, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that we have a balance and a guide. And I think this should, I don't know, Daniel, I think this should be common sense a bit, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like he said, y'all probably shouldn't be having orgies. It's probably yeah. a bad idea, mm-hmm. you know? I, I think that's a d- no-duh, right? Yeah, yeah. 
But we're also talking to a pagan culture where that was a very yes. common thing, and that was even a practice of worship. So yeah. obviously like, we would look at that as an extreme, be like, whoa, okay, why was that even in the Bible? Like that's not even like a that we do, there's common sense here. But I think that that's another time where culture was integrated, and they had to really like Paul had to to fight against that when it came to the whole. I was just sorry, I had to throw this in here. I was speaking of that. I was just reading is either yesterday or this morning. Um, did you know, you know, I, I've caught out Corinth and said how, how, you know, despicable Corinth was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that city is an example and Rome wasn't, you know, too dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, the, the population was like 200,000 people at the time that Paul wrote. And there were over a thousand temple prostitutes. Wow. I mean, think of that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people that were temple prostitutes in time. So people that were doing, you know, all these sexual sins were coming from the temple. Yeah. That's not to include what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So yeah, that this was an age where it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, my only answer to that question that Daniel posed to the first thing I thought was different denominations. And, and that's, you know, it goes back to a conversation we had a couple of podcasts ago about the simplicity of the gospel and everything that's been added to it and complicated it and caused issues between denominations who are all supposed to be brothers and sisters and on the same page. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, for me, that's where I see the biggest, the biggest thing is in denominations as well, where I said I traveled to um, Ireland before and was over there and saw Catholics and Protestants and, and fighting over, you know, differences in opinion of how you're supposed to do it. And it's like, if you follow Jesus, follow Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think at the core of this, it's it's really, and I think why the Judaizers fought so vehemently for this stance of circumcision and uh, following the uh, Jewish laws is that they had put so much confidence for their self-righteousness in those things. And I think that's where the battle is constantly being waged in our own souls and in our minds and our hearts is, you know, what are we actually looking to justify ourselves before God? Are we looking to our actions? Are we looking to our moral record? Are we looking to, um, you know, our uh, how much we give? Are we looking to all these things? And and I really think that there is a good works, um, just kind of taint that can kind of come in in our hearts and we'll try to then think, that's what I hold on to to make sure that I'm good with God. And yep. that is like such a perversion of the gospel. Yes. And what that does is that ends up you, when you are counting on your good works, you're constantly comparing yourselves to other people. It's like the bear mentality, right? Like the slowest person gets eaten by the bear. So as long as I'm not the slowest person, then I'm good, yes. right? And so like when it comes to like like religion and when it comes to the way we view God, as long as I am a little bit more righteous than this other person, then I'm good, and I kind of put confidence and hope in that, and I'll begin to look down on people that don't maybe do things the way that I do or have the same religious convictions that I have. And really, that's addition. Like That's addition to the gospel, because the gospel is it's it's grace only that we all have the same sentence over us, and it's God showed mercy and love to us, and then we need to then show that to other people. And when we begin to start adding other things in our mind that we say, man, like like I'm, you know, I I see this as making myself right before God or in the contrary, when we mess up and then we feel like I've got to do these things to be back in good graces with God, we've added something else to the gospel, you know, cause we've added an additional, yeah. 
uh, thing to do, an additional discipline that we need to be made right with God. And I really feel like that's where the crux is when a a lot of these conversations that Paul's having in Galatians, Mm -hmm. and I think for us today, is the internal question, what are we doing or what do we feel like we need to do when we look at others, what do we feel like they need to do to be right with God? Because if it's anything other than total surrender and admiration to Jesus and and love for, and confession of love to for Him and giving their life over them, if it's anything other than that, then we've added something else to the gospel, and we're in this same kind of boat that Paul is kind of saying. And and can we be honest? Like that's where that's where a lot of the negative impact of of faith happens with people when people add things to the gospel and then expect yes, that of yes. other people. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in our own lives. We see that countless in, in, in constant, you know, national representations of the church. And, yes. it's, and it can be so yes. frustrating yes. because what's been put on display is something else is, pace, is, put, is more important than faith in Jesus alone. And we've added to, we've made a barrier. We've made it more difficult. We've made it... Uh, more complicated when it comes to following Jesus and saying yes to Jesus. And and I think this is, Galatians is like one of my favorite books in the Bible because I think it hits to the heart of man every single time. How are you made right with God? And you, you mentioned the heart of man. Uh, right now, I'm studying in school <clears throat> spiritual formation. So the idea of, of being formed like something. And the question with your with the heart of man, of course, what do you think that our hearts are supposed to be formed like? Mm-hmm. Our hearts are supposed to be being formed in the image of Christ, right? Yeah. So if we're supposed to be Christ-like, when we think about people who have sinned, and, and even adding to or not adding to the gospel, if we feel like someone sinned, well, how are we supposed to act if we're trying to be you know, formed like Christ, if we're trying to be Christ-like? Well, I remember the story with Jesus and the adulterous woman. What does he do? Mm-hmm. Does he come there and give her a browbeating? And he tells her, you know, hey, where are your accusers? Oh, they're gone? Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. And, of course, we all know that he, he dies you know, for, for, for our sins, mm-hmm. you know? So if we're to be Christ-like, we should probably go that route. And that's where this chapter actually even starts. He says, brothers, if anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself, lest you too be tempted, and bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Man, nail meat head, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we even if someone is, even if you are adding to the gospel, or if someone legitimately has sinned against you, mm-hmm. uh, the the goal that we should meet, should have is to be formed like Christ, to be Christ-like, and, be, and to forgive others. And I think that it's those two verses, there's so much to them. Oh, yeah. Because not only are we to restore, but restore in a spirit of gentleness. And I think that whenever we get it, especially when it can become personal, when there can be like family conflict, things like that, man, it can get really ugly really quick. And when we are restoring out of vengeance, when we are restoring, I guess I could say in quotation, restoring, because it's obviously not really restoring. Yeah. We're really more about about justice and uh about being Avengers, you know, not the guys that dress up in tights. But um, when uh, when we when we're all about that, then we we're not actually going to fulfill the law of Christ. Because I think everything kind of says like, and, and I think it's por- important for us to know. Okay, what is the law of Christ? What is it? You know, what are we supposed to do? It's 
It's basically what he yeah. said in John 13, 34 to 35. I give you a new commandment. You are to love others the way that I loved you. This is the way that you're going to know that people are going to know that you're my disciples is how you love one another. That is literally the law of Christ. And when, you, and when Jesus was basically asked this kind of question, he says uh, to, to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the law of Christ is, is really centered around the idea of love. Yeah. I'm with you. And, and so when we bear one another's burdens, we're doing that. You know, when we are engaging in the lives of people around us to love them mm-hmm. and, to, and to, to almost kind of take on some of the things that they are uh, they're, they're feeling, the experiences that they're going through out of love and to restore them and to restore them gently, like we are actually fulfilling what God has called us to do. I mean, this is like... Because I think when you say, oh, love others the way Christ loved us, you know, a lot of that can be like, okay, I don't even know what that looks like. Like, what, what well, is Just that? ask DC Talk, Daniel. Love yeah. is a verb, man. That's right. Wow. <laughs> We're really old school today. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is like a direct application to fulfilling the law, the law of Christ, is bearing each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so that was one of the things that we, to even just to segue back, I guess, to Fight Club was one of the big things that we talked about and really encouraged the guys to do is that, that we're fulfilling the law of Christ here by by sharing, by by allowing other guys into our life and allowing ourselves to be a part of other guys' lives and 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 passing our burdens on to others. You know, be open, be honest, put things into the light, you know, and then Christ has we, we get the opportunity to fulfill the law of Christ. And and so I think that this is this is a very, very powerful marching orders when it comes to us as followers of Jesus because the law of Christ is not to, you know, to, to say on a megaphone and to, to condemn people and different right. things like that. The law of Christ is to be in people's lives and to lovingly bear their burdens. And so I think that's a question we need to ask ourselves in our daily life. What are we doing to fulfill the law of Christ? What are we doing to to bear others' burdens, uh, and and so I think that that's that's a question that I need to ask myself every day. That's a question that I want to uh, I I want to see I want to see activated in my life. How am I involved in in caring for people that are struggling and people that are going? Through? And we're all we all we all have burdens that we're bearing right now, whether people will share them or not. And so I think it takes a vigilance on our part to really just be engaged into people's lives so that we get the opportunity to show the love of Christ by walking with people in their stuff. Yeah. I want to throw something else out there that, um, that man, it, it, it really encouraged me when I read this. Something that, it's weird, Brent. I was telling you earlier how um, sometimes you read Scripture and you don't even realize, you've read it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize that this sentence was there. And man, this this really brought me joy and happiness today. And, and it's not going to probably jump out in the page of you, but let me read it again. It's, it's in verse uh, 6. It says, Let the one who is who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. I realized, because that, that sounds confusing, the one who is taught the word and let him teach teachers. So now I know that there wasn't seminary, right? <laughs> the way that we think of seminary now, but this is encouraging to me because I'm still, I'm still Lord knows I've been in school forever and I'm still going to school. This is an encouragement to guys like me. 
and I'm sure I'm not the only one out there listening to this that is, is studying, you know, seminary, you know, going to seminary, doing, going to Bible college or whatever. Um, study that so you can be the one who teaches teachers. There's and and this I think this is a, a good case for seminary because you know you have these guys with PhDs who teach guys like me, and um, this is okay. A lot, there, there's a lot of people that really poo-poo the idea of going to, to school <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, well, I don't, all I need is a spirit. This is, it's okay to go to school. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But, and then he says that whatever you sow, you will reap. If you put in the work and you study in or out of school, right? If you put in the work, you'll learn, you will reap what you sow. But as this, as this scripture continues, it's not just about learning. Mm-hmm. It's also about experience. It's also about working. So if you if you don't feel called to seminary, then you will still reap what you sow with the work that you put in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- I, this really encouraged me on, on on both fronts. That one, if you're going to school, great, keep going. This is something that's good. And two, if you're not, keep working, keep studying, keep keep doing the things that you can do because you're, you're putting in, you're 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 sowing, and if you do that, you'll reap. Yeah. I, I just felt I don't know. I just felt great encouragement by that. I, I think that uh, another way that I, I saw this is that the ones that are taught, be sure to reciprocate the love and the effort back to the teachers. You know, like not even just, not only just teach them, I, I, t- I totally agree with that, but I think to share. So I think this is, a, this is probably for me, um, let me just say a critique on our culture is that we can be all consumers and not necessarily willing and able to give back. And, and so I think that, when when we encourage people, the it's good to hear back and to and to put effort then, because if someone is taking effort and time to mentor and encourage us, it's good to put the work in because they are giving up of their lives, their time, their effort to pour into you. And if you're just like, okay, I'm just going to keep this and keep this and keep this and not do mm-hmm. anything with it, or and, and I think what it does is it, it creates an attitude of generosity, because when we have an attitude of generosity, then we're going to be able to then. Uh, we're not going to just think only about ourselves. And, you know, I see this in church culture sometimes where people go church hopping just because the music's not the way they want it to be. Yeah. Or the the teacher said something. Or they the music, you know, is too loud or they serve, you know, coffee. Like, what is that? That's caffeine's of the devil. You know what I mean? And so, like, <laughs> I think that there's an opportunity for us to, if we receive anything, whether it's taught or whatever is we're given we should look to give back to encourage back to to kind of create a cycle of encouragement and and sharing in the good that's been passed to us because i think that's like that really shows the heart and mind of god you know that god gave so much of us so that we could have the opportunity to experience the good things that could happen when we share back and we give back you know, it's not that God gives us all these blessings so that we can just become really fat and, and gluttonous, and that's a weird way to describe it. But anyways, but <laughs> but He gave He gives us all these blessings so that we can enjoy the opportunity to share back and to give back to others. And then I love the encouragement is that man, like whatever you give back, God's gonna honor it. You know, but if you don't give back anything at all, this is these are the things that you're gonna reap. You know, this this is just understand that God's. God's world works in a path. If you're heading in a path, then you're going to reap what the path's destination is. 
You know, if mm-hmm. you are heading in a good direction and you are sowing seeds in a good direction, then you're going to reap the benefit of that eventually. It may not seem like it right now, but it's coming. And if you're heading in a direction that is not a good direction, you're, it's eventually just going to be there. You're eventually going to get to that destination. And I think we can fool ourselves. That's why it says don't be deceived. Like, don't fool yourself. Don't you know that everything that you're doing is taking you to a direction? You know, so how are you living your life? Which direction? What what seeds are you planting in the direction of your life? Because ultimately, you're going to just reap what you sow. And, and I think we can... That can be taken out of context. It can be used as a, as a combative phrase. To yeah. me, whenever somebody like hurts you, well, you're, you're going to get yours. You're going to reap what you sow, you know. And it's not like that. I think it's really more of this is warning signs. These are warning signs that, man, if I if if I'm sowing in a way that I'm not pouring into my family and loving my family, and then I end up in a path where my kids are distant from me, and you know my marriage ends in divorce, then that that's the destination that I got because of the choices that I made along the way. Mm-hmm. And so just don't be deceived. Don't think that you're going to be the anomaly that's not going to have mm-hmm. the the issue that's going to come out. The, like the, the little choices that we're making are getting us to a destination. And I guess the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we really going to like that destination? Yeah. You know, are we really looking forward to what's on the end of that? Or are we just so focused on the here and the now and we're not really focused on the future? And I, I know these seem like really kind of differing kind of directions when it comes to what Paul is saying here. But I think really he is in in a whole, he's wanting us to say, man, if we pour into the body, if we pour into each other, if we are bearing one another's burdens, there's going to be a beneficial fruit to that. And it's going to be a good thing, you know, but if you are isolating yourself, if you are putting oppression on other people based on following Jesus, and that can go anywhere. Like I said, the principle of that, of sowing and reaping is everywhere. It's, it's in your finances, it's in your marriage, it's in your, you know, relation, it's in your spiritual mm-hmm. life, it's, you know, it's in your eating choices, your, your you know, exercising habits, all of that is exists, and we would recognize that. But I think we have to really be honest with ourselves. You know, are we, what seeds are we planting here and now and to, to get to a certain destination? So sorry I rambled for no. a little bit. Well, I think to, to wrap this thing up, uh-huh. I think that, I think it's important that he puts this reap and sow idea at the at the end of this of this letter, um, because he goes back to this idea of circumcision and not having to be a Jewish. So, I think I think we, you can almost sum this whole chapter up by by, by saying that um, let's not add things to the gospel, right? Let's not add a bunch of rules. Instead, let's work and let's and let's sow. I think that's the whole point in Galatians chapter 5 does a similar concept of like, yep, these things are bad and these things are good. And this kind of wraps it up with let's, let's, let's go ahead and sow um, so we can reap that reward. And, and as that's where he goes at the, the very end of this chapter. He goes back to his point of, of the circumcision and back to his point uh, about not adding to the gospel. And he doesn't always do that. If you read other Pauline letters, he, he talks about a bunch of names and all the things that he's doing and wants to thank everybody. He really just goes back and hits the points, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, I mean, there's 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 not there's not that normal closing from Paul, and and he even puts on this whole I write by my own hand, like I mean business guys, all right. <laughs> so so I, and that'd be my final encouragement for the podcast is that let's 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 stop wor- worrying about adding things, adding rules, and adding stuff to the gospel, but let's put in the work so we can reap what we sow. Yeah, uh, awesome. All right, I'll pray us out. 
Um, Father, we just thank you for your love and for who you are to us. God, we just ask you to give us the heart of children as we go forward. Everyone in this room and everyone listening, God, um, for all the people in your family, in your kingdom, for the fact that if we have the heart of children, we are more able to learn from you and to connect with you um, and kind of unlearn the things that we have learned that are not of you. So God, please just help us to have clear vision and to um, just fully live our lives and understand who it is that we're supposed to be and the things that we're supposed to do according to the things that you have taught us through your son. Um, Help us strip away all the confusion and just help us have clear vision and a connection with you, God, as we go forward so that your kingdom can grow fully um, and not be stifled by anything that's mixed up in there that's not supposed to be there. Um, So God, we just thank you. Uh, We love you. And um, in your name, amen. Amen. Okay, guys, that wraps it up for this week. Another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. I need to do a count sometime and find out what episode we're actually on now because it's getting pretty high. We've been doing this for over a year now, I think. So It's a milestone soon, right? Yeah, I think so. So um, anyway, thanks for joining us along this ride, guys. Um, Thanks for being patient as we're figuring it all out as we go along and learning together. Hopefully you are learning as well and sharing with others along your journey. So until our journey brings us to next Tuesday, uh, you guys just take care of yourselves, watch over others, and love people. All right, we'll talk to you later.